Welcome to the Chiefs of the North, hosted by Branton Walker. I'm originally from Kansas, currently living in Minnesota, and I'm a diehard Chiefs fan, and that is where Chiefs of the North comes in. On this podcast, we'll talk all sports, mainly NFL, and of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, and welcome to another episode here at the Chiefs of the North. This is Branton Walker, and I'm going to discuss a little week three NFL action before my co-host Noah Metzger joins in. You know, obviously I'm going to start off with the Chiefs' victory over the Bears, but there seemed to be a bigger storyline in Arrowhead Stadium than what took place on the field. It was Tay-Tay, Taylor Swift in the house, sitting in a suite by Kelsey's mom, broke the internet. I think the Chiefs were trending. I think every female aged 16 to 35 is now a diehard Chiefs fan overnight. Um, Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I didn't realize what an icon she was. I mean, listen... Travis Kelsey's jersey sales go up 400%. He has about 400,000 more followers on Instagram. His podcast shoots to number one. Yet he's been playing for almost a decade. (laughs) He's arguably the GOAT at the tight end position. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl champion, trying to repeat. And now people know who he is? I mean, those Swifties are absolutely crazy. People talking about the love story. I mean, listen, is it going to last? I don't think so. But, you know, the Chiefs were up 41 to nothing before they pulled their starter. So her presence at the game didn't hurt anything. And it sounds like, according to the word on the street, she'll be in New York Sunday night. So, you know, we'll see how this goes. But um, let's, let's talk a little football now. So the Chiefs defense is looking fantastic through three games. Youngest defense in the NFL. Going to likely be the best defense in the Mahomes era. The offense got going. Listen, it was against the Bears, but still, it was good to see them put up 41 points. Like I said, pulled the starters late in the third. Could have probably scored over 50. The Chiefs are rounding into form, and it's great to see. You know, I'm not going to talk about this too much, but what are the Bears doing with Fields? It seems like he's regressed and all of a sudden forgot how to play football. I don't know if that's the case. Um, The Bears are a bit of a mess right now. They don't seem to know what to do with him, but they need to figure it out. Either he's going to be their quarterback moving forward, and they've got to figure out a different game plan for him, or you know they need to move on. So the Packers down 17 in the fourth quarter with a nice comeback over the Saints. Derek Carr gets hurt, but man, that's impressive. The poise that Love showed, his home opener in front of those fans to get that win, that was a big comeback. I'm sure Packer fans were thrilled to see that. And uh, they can build some momentum heading into Thursday night football. NFC North first place on the line against those Detroit Lions. You know, last season, Russell Wilson was kind of the laughing stock of the league. You know, let's ride, Broncos. Let's ride, Bronco country. Let's lose. You know, he's, he's, a, he's cringeworthy. He's pretty corny. And uh, I think people had fun at his expense last year. And uh, the Denver Broncos just gave up 70 points. 70 points in an NFL game. The most points since 1966. And I believe about 726 yards of offense, which is the second most all time. The Dolphins sat their starters in the fourth quarter. They had 70 points with nine minutes left in the game. They could have dropped a Kobe 81. Remember Kobe Bryant dropped a cool 81 back in the day? The Dolphins could have dropped over 80 points in this game. Weren't trying to embarrass the Broncos any more than they already had. Mike McDaniels. Did a great job not trying to rub it in. Listen, their backups were in. Those guys need reps. Those guys need to play. You can't 
let off the gas, you have to go all out and, and not risk injury. It's funny because Mike McDaniels used to be a Broncos ball boy and they didn't even show him the respect to let him interview for the head coaching job. And here he is dropping 70 on him. You know, the Broncos are now currently the only winless team in the AFC. I mean, I don't think those eight picks they give up for Russell Wilson, five draft picks, three players, that's eight picks in total, two picks they give up for Sean Payton. Listen, they've given up 10 players for those two guys. I'm pretty certain the Broncos could use those 10 players to uh, shore up that roster. So they are an absolute mess. I've said it before and I'll say it again. They mortgaged their future for those two guys. Sean Payton was running his mouth this offseason talking about Nathaniel Hackett with the worst coaching job ever. Uh, I don't think Hackett gave up 70 points in an NFL game. I don't think Hackett lost by 50. So uh, great start there, uh, Sean Payton. Um, you know, living in Minnesota, surrounded by Viking fans, man, the Vikings, 11-0 last year in one-score games. Now they're already 0-3 this year. How quickly that changes. That is completely flipped. They're 0-3, another collapse late in the game. Staley, the Chargers coach, makes another bonehead decision to go for it at like the 25-yard line on fourth down. Doesn't get it. Vikings have a golden opportunity to win that game. Down four. Run a play. Tick, 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 tick. I think there's about 35 seconds left. Instead of spiking it and having at least two or three more plays to try to score there near the goal line. Tick, 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 tick. About 20-something seconds runs off the clock. And they run a play that where they look completely lost and confused and it gets picked in the end zone. You know, it sounds like Cousins thought it was the crowd noise. I think they were screaming for him to spike it. He's a veteran. He should know better. Most quarterbacks in the league would have spiked the ball. Said he couldn't hear the play call. He was trying to get the playoff to the, to the rest of the uh, skill position players. What a debacle. Um, and now the Vikings find themselves in a must-win situation. A must-win situation. Green Bay and Detroit are already two games up, and they play Thursday night, so somebody's going to get a third one in that division. The Vikings have to win this Sunday at Carolina, or you can pretty much write them off. And Cousins is obviously a likable guy. I think most of us all, uh, the quarterback documentary on Netflix, puts up good numbers. He just doesn't win enough games. But, uh, man, just another tough way to lose. Starting to feel bad for the Vikings to some degree because it's like such a one-sided relationship. I mean, the Vikings just never get back to the fans and another heartbreaking loss for them. And I have some good buddies that, uh, man, they're really going through it, you know? So, yeah, big game for them Sunday. Must win. Listen, they could win and it may not change their outlook, but losing definitely probably puts a fork in them. All right, Dallas. Dallas came back to earth. The defense struggled against those pesky Arizona Cardinals, who everybody thought was going to be the worst team in the league. No Kyler Murray. They traded DeAndre Hopkins, lost some guys on defense. Micah Parsons talking about how dominant their D was, and they get absolutely roasted. Give up over 200 yards rushing, uh, 28 points to the Cardinals, lose by double digits. Here's the deal. It's going to happen. You're going to lose games. The Chiefs lost to the Colts week three last year, which is arguably the worst loss in the league. I think really good teams figured out and rebound. You know, Buffalo, lose week, Buffalo loses week one to the Jets without Rodgers, and now they're looking dominant. The Chiefs lose week one to Detroit. They're back to form. Let's see if Dallas is really as good as people think they are and how to rebound. I think they'll rebound pretty well on Sunday against New England, but I'm not concerned about the defense. It's going to happen where teams are going to score. They've got a really good running game. Dak has got to do more because if the running game 
isn't going and the defense isn't playing lights out, it's on Dak's shoulders. And I just don't know if, if he's going to carry the team. I just don't know if he's that dude. He hasn't shown it yet. He wins games, but it seems like he wins games when things are going well. When the running game's going well, when the D's playing well, when he just has to not make mistakes and not cost them the game, Dak, be down 10, be down 14, be down 17, come back. Dak, be down 3-4 in the fourth quarter, have a game-winning drive. You know what I mean? Not picking on Dak, but at a certain point, he needs to step up. They're struggling on defense. And what does he do? Throws a late pick. And I'm not saying that loss was on him, but if I'm a Dallas fan, I'm concerned because every time you get excited about him, the same thing kind of pops up, right? And, and listen, they're going to win their 10, 12 games. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to finish second in that division behind Philadelphia. I don't think this loss changes their trajectory. And listen, if you had the Colts, the Texans, and Cardinals in a money line parlay, which I doubt anybody did, you're probably sitting in the Bahamas right now enjoying some nice cold drinks. Another team that started off 0-2 last year and made the playoffs, but it seemed a bit different this year because their two losses were to division rivals. And I told you, in the last 20 years, there have been six teams that have started out 0-2, both of those losses to division rivals, and none of those teams have made the playoffs. So the Bengals are up against it. Now, in that division already, Pittsburgh's 2-1. Cleveland is 2-1. Baltimore's 2-1. So I think this was pretty pretty much, not, I don't want to say a must-win. I don't want to be dramatic, but it was a pretty significant game already. They pulled it out. Offense is struggling. Didn't look good, but a win's a win. you got to get the ball to chase. Good things happen when you get the ball to chase. But Burrow doesn't look right. I think that calf is still bothering him. But that was a big win for the Bengals. Otherwise, they'd be in last place by two games to everybody else in that division. A team that has my interest because the Chiefs played them on Sunday night. The Jets, I think they have to move on from Zach Wilson. And listen, the Jets did a terrible job preparing for life with Noah and Rodgers. Obviously, nobody expected him to get hurt four plays into his Jet career, but he's almost a 40-year-old quarterback. Did you not think that maybe he'd get injured? Did you not think that maybe he'd miss a couple games this season? The Jets were ill-prepared for Rodgers to not be on the field. The D's pretty good. The offense has, has some really good players, but they're in a mess right now. There's finger-pointing. There's bickering on the sideline. They seem like they're about to implode. The Chiefs are walking into a situation where I, I'm a little nervous. I feel like this could be a trap game, but, you know... Reed gets these guys ready to go. They've already lost week one. I think they're going to go in there and play well. The Jets are scrappy. Their D's going to probably play pretty well. The Chiefs are favored by what? Nine and a half, ten points? That's a big spread for an NFL game on the road, prime time. I think the Chiefs will win, but I think it's going to be tight. I'm a little nervous about this one. But I don't know if they can keep playing Zach Wilson. You know, I don't know what their other options are. But even Joe Namath and, and, and some old-timers are, are talking about Zach Wilson. I think it's in his head, too. I think incomplete pass. The fans are booing. He throws a pick. The fans are booing. He's in a tough spot. He's obviously got to play better. But again, I think the Jets are doing a disservice to him and that entire roster by not being more prepared for life without Rodgers. So I'm going to give my power rankings after week three. Listen, I only care about how my team's playing at the end of the year, not the beginning of the year. But I'm going to give power rankings for right now. Um, I got to give love to those Niners. I think right now they have the best team in football. I've said it before. I'll say it again. They have the best roster in the entire league. And, uh, yeah, the Niners are scary good. Plus, they've won, what, 13 games in a row? Last loss was to those Kansas City Chiefs last year. Sorry, last regular season loss because they lost to Philly in the NFC Championship game. But the last regular season loss was, what, 13, 14 games ago to those Kansas City Chiefs. I'll put Miami at two. Got to give them credit. They're going to be a problem in the AFC. I'm going to have Kansas City at three, Philadelphia at four, and Buffalo at five. I still don't think Philadelphia has hit their stride. 
But again, these are my power rankings after week three, San Francisco, Miami, KC, Philadelphia, and Buffalo. I think that all five of those teams are going to be in this thing until the very end. Um, but again, I'm, I'm worried about Kansas City being the number one team at the end of the season, not three weeks in. All right, so let's get into some week four action. Packers, Lions, Thursday night, first place on the line. How are you feeling about it? Uh, I feel good. I think it's going to be a good game. Green Bay's going to, like, I mean, they're going to have to show up. 